0: has been faithful. It's the faithfulness of God that motivates our faithfulness to God. Amen. When I'm questioning whether or not I want to be faithful to him, I cannot question whether or not he's been faithful to me. Somebody say amen to that. The book of Esther, chapter number 8. Chapter number 8. We'll close out the end of chapter number 7. Get a couple verses there. To wrap up chapter 7 and move into Esther chapter number 8. I don't know about you. Feels like this book is moving kind of fast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down a little bit. Take it in. God is working behind the scenes. Amen. Thanking the Lord for it. Now let's, as I stated. Go back to chapter number 7 and let's look at verse number 8. Let me just get your mind to rehearse what happened in that chapter before. Esther chapter number 7, verse number 9. And Harbona, one of the chamberlains, said before the king, Behold also the gallows 50 cubits high, which Haman had made for Mordecai, who had spoken good for the king, standed in the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him thereon." So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. How quick things turn around. Then was the king's wrath pacified. Hmm. On that day, chapter 8, did the king Ahasuerus give the house of Haman the Jew's enemy. If you're in the habit of underlining and marking in your Bible, it might be good to mark the Jew's enemy. Hmm. That just makes the gifts of God that much better when they come from people that hated you. Hmm. Unto Esther the queen. And Mordecai came for the king. For Esther had told what he was unto her. Might be good to underline that phrase too. Because this is all new, right? Up until this point in the book of Esther, she had not yet mentioned what Mordecai was to her. There's there's no revealing of this relationship because of the threat that it might bring. Isn't it amazing? When God moves, you don't have to hide anything. Mm-hmm. So the Bible says, and the king took off his ring. Well, for long we're gonna be underlined in every verse. I mean, it's all good. Th- these are all comparative statements. They are They are contrast to what happened earlier in our text. These are things that happened on on Haman's behalf that are now happening on Esther's behalf. Ladies and gentlemen, when God moved, listen, God doesn't need a year, six months, three weeks, even three hours to turn things around. Just a move. The king is making a move took off his ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. Let the church say amen. Our Father, we pray you add thy blessing to the reading of your word once again. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. I pray, do a work in our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing We discussed last time about the expressed petition of Esther. I mean, she'd found herself with an evil plot that necessitated an effective plan that resulted in eventual prestige for Mordecai and now an expressed petition. Please notice the sequence, the evil plot is the plan of Haman to destroy them. The effective plan is Mordecai's procedure to Esther on what to do about the plot. Now listen to me. I want every one of us to understand that for every evil plot Satan has, God has an effective plan. Now you're going to have to understand that. Because the flesh will have you thinking that the devil's going to win. The flesh will have you thinking that Satan has out-schemed God. The flesh will have you thinking that the odds are stacked against you. The flesh, the world, and the devil will have you thinking you're just as good as God. You can't figure this out once God does it. You gotta know before he does it. You gotta know going in. You gotta know before the trial comes, once the trial shows up. While the trial is in the thick of things, you gotta know before the decree comes down, before the fire gets turned up, before you're thrown in the fire, while you're in the fire, before you come out the fire. You gotta know before Goliath shows up, before he starts mocking, before he starts talking. You gotta know before you take cheese and crackers to the battleground. You gotta know before you pick up a... You've got to know before the prophets of Baal are screaming and dancing. You've got to know before the 185,000 gather. You've got to know before Satan comes with the scheme. You've got to know before the temptation is long. You've got to know 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, 366 on leap year. You've got to know that for every evil plot Satan has, God has an effective plan. You've got to know it. It has to be a matter of faith that's unshakable, unquestionable and unimpeachable because the moment you begin to doubt, the moment you begin to doubt, you begin to drift. Write it down, write it down, write it down before I forget it. The moment you begin to doubt, you begin to drift. Don't belittle the danger of doubt. Doubt may happen between these two temples. It may not be spoken. It may not be told. It may not be divulged. It may not be played on a screen. It may not be privy to the people around you. But my friend, I'm telling you, doubt is deadly, cannot be underestimated. The moment you begin to doubt, you begin to drift. There's something going on in your mind and that is where the devil's playground is and he begins to defeat you in the mind. You have got to to know that you know that you know that you know that for every evil plot, God has an effective plan. Just cause you don't know the plan doesn't mean you should know that God has a plan. Just cause he hadn't told you doesn't mean he doesn't have it. Just cause you understand it doesn't mean he don't understand it doesn't mean he doesn't understand it. Just because you're waiting in line for him to reveal it to you doesn't mean he hadn't revealed it to himself. God has a plan. You just be ready with full resolution and unshakable faith that when he reveals the plan, and you are so committed and determined to serve him that you'll put it into practice. So here comes the effective plan. And then the express petition. Now, here's the plan. God is going to defeat Haman, but he's going to use his people to do it. Esther, you got to speak up when the time is right. And that's what we talked about last week. The arrival of Haman and Hagaras, the access extended to Esther, what it is that you need, the explained agenda. Let me tell you what's been set up against us, king. You're in the dark. You've given authority here, but you don't know what your man is doing. He has plotted to destroy me and my people. I'm one of them. She expresses it to the king, explains the agenda of Haman he elicits the answer from her to tell her who it is. She exposes that Haman is the one. He's enraged in his authority that his right-hand man is trying to kill his queen and her people. Haman tries in an extreme attempt to beg Esther's mercy. The king comes back inside and looks like this woman is doing more, this man is doing more than trying to destroy these people. It looks like he's trying to make a pass at Esther, which I don't believe he was doing. But I'm telling you, when you start going down, even your your sincere motives look bad. All right? That's what you get for being evil. You're too evil to be asking for an objective opinion of people. You've been too unobjective to deserve justice, and so Haman is getting accused of something he's not doing. But he's been so much time, spent so much time doing that to other people. Be sure your sin will find you out. And so the exacerbated aggravation of the king is highly upset. That he enacts an apprehension. He enacted apprehension. Will he force it? And the word went out. The cave put. As soon as the king said it, verse number eight, they went out of the king's mouth. They covered Haman's face. The people that were just doing Haman's bidding are now covering his face. And notice verse number nine. And Harbona, one of the chamberlains, this is after the apprehension of Haman. And Harbinah, one of the king's chamberlains, said before the king, Behold also, the gallows fifty cubits high. Call it all out. Tell them how high they are. Which Haman had. Tell them who made them. For Mordecai. Tell them who he made it for. Who had spoken good for the king. Brag on that good man he's trying to destroy. Standeth in the house of Haman. Tell us where them gallows are located. Then the king said, hang him there. We've moved from the explained agenda to what I call the enacted. I'm sorry. We've moved from the, the, the express petition, excuse me, to what I call the enacted punishment. The enacted punishment. It is the petition of Esther that enacts the punishment of Haman. Let me say that again. It is the petition of Esther that enacts the punishment of Haman. Now, here's what Esther needed to get this punishment enacted. She needed to be able to express her petition to the king and for the king to look at things for her well being in order for him to do that God had to provide that opportunity that's why ladies and gentlemen you got to make sure you stay right with God because the key to open the door that you need to go through for deliverance is only a key that God holds and so if God's got the key you got to be right with God I know pastor I know pastor yeah but we spend so much time trying to be right with everybody else and then we call God at the last minute when it doesn't work out with them and for Esther, it was altogether different. She, she didn't wait until she had no choice to call on God. She, she, she called on God because she knew she never had any other choice. And she says, God, she's fasting and she's praying, I need you, I need you. Why? Every single move I make, God needs to be prompted by your leadership. And I'm afraid that we, we call God in for the major moves and act like all of them aren't major. Listen to me child about every step you take every move you make is major in the work of God. You don't need just you don't just need God in the big moments when the bases are loaded and the and it's 3 to 2 in the count and and, and you know you got you got two strikes and you might no 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 you need God from the moment you wake up in the morning. You need God on the mountaintop, you need God when things are good. Listen, I I talk to people every day and I'm talking to people on a wreck pastor I'm in a desperate situation I need God. You need God yesterday before I got desperate. Let me tell you something, Men alive on planet earth with a wicked devil and lying flesh and a crazy world, every moment is a desperate one. We've got to lean on God. So Esther has followed the leadership of God. And this is what causes this exacted punishment to take place. Look at the recognized plot. Look at the recognized plot that's highlighted here. Harbaugh now, one of the chamberlains said before the king. Behold also, and then this is what it is in in chapter 9. Hey king, let me just tell you how bad this plot was. Now Esther has told the king that Haman has set up a plot to destroy her and her people. But here one of the servants is further revealing to the king just how bad this plot is. King Let me tell you, there are gallows 50 cubits high, which Haman made for Mordecai. This guy wasn't not only so wicked that he was destroying a people, he built gallows to hang Mordecai. And what timing to talk about how Mordecai is being mistreated just after the king has just found out that Mordecai saved his life. It's just timing. So Harbina, Harbina is using Mordecai in the statement to show the severity of evil of this assistant that has just been apprehended. And Haman's listening to this with a bag over his head. Huh? Isn't that what they said in verse number eight? They covered his face. Can you imagine this guy muzzled up? And he's listening to Harbinah say, oh, by the way, over there at Haman's house, they got some some 50 cubit high gallows that were all put up to destroy Mordecai. And by the way, not just any Mordecai, the Mordecai who spoke good for you, the Mordecai who saved your life. And guess where those gallows are? Standing in the house of Haman. This is a recognized, I'm, listen, I'm trying to tell you, and by the way, this is not Esther saying this, this is not Mordecai saying this, this is Harbinah saying it, who's one of the chamberlains, Look, look, look. I'm trying to tell you when God turns things around for you, he doesn't just turn things around. He turned everybody else around for you. These were men who were taking their orders for Haman and now they are speaking for Mordecai. Very operatives for Haman's evil bidding, are now the ones who are voicing the location for for Haman's execution. Won't he do it? The recognized plot ushers us to a retributive penalty. So they hanged Haman. Verse 9, the king says, hang him. Verse 10, they hanged Haman. I love the language of the Bible. On the gallows that he prepared for Mordecai. listen. In other words, Haman not only died. He died on instruments that he created to kill somebody else. This is what God is saying. Be sure your sin will find you out. Listen, let me say this again. I could say it a thousand times and it won't be enough. So let's say the thousand and one. It never pays to be evil because sometimes the more evil you are, the more evil you will inherit. And we fail to realize that some of the schemes that we devise for others' destruction are actually schemes being prepared for us. Be careful. Be careful. That which is done in spite might come back to bite. Write that down too. <laughs> that was an accident. <laughs> but it's so true. That which is done in spite might come back to bite. And listen, nobody thought, nobody thought in Haman's camp when he was building those gallows, including Haman, his wife, and his counselors that he would be hung on his own gallows you do not want to spend money on something that's about to kill you i mean if you're gonna die die for free retributive Retri- retributive is that which comes back to you as a result of your own evil actions they, they are they are repercussions retributive but didn't i tell you stay out of the revenge lane Stay out of God's business. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, stay out of God's business. All right. Now, listen. let your neighbor say to you, stay out of God's business. Revenge is God's business. All right. Stop trying to kill people. Stop trying to ruin people. Stop trying to get people fired. Stop trying to let everybody know how bad people are. God has a way of doing it. God has a way of doing it, and you notice again—not Esther or Mordecai said. He's got gallows to kill us. The gallows are at his house. Oh, you wouldn't believe how bad he was trying to do. It. They didn't have to say anything. Here go his own servant said, "Oh, by the king. By the way, king, he got them." How did that man know that? He probably was up there building them things for for, for Haman. It's amazing. It's amazing when God moves. You go from working for Haman to working against Haman. Amen. Notice the relieved peace that comes about. The relieving peace, excuse me. Then was the king's wrath pacified. Wow. Isn't it amazing that the king who was hot just a few verses earlier, cooled off once the source of his heat was eliminated. Listen, that's that's why you got to wait on the Lord. You got to wait on the Lord. I'm just so mad. I'm just so mad. I'm just so mad. Hey, listen to me. Stop acting on your anger and let God act against the source of your anger so your anger goes away. Let God remove the source of your anger instead of you acting upon it. Amen. Now look at verse chapter number 8 verse 1. The the enacted punishment, the recognized plot, the retributive penalty, the relieving peace. Now, look at verse number one of chapter eight. On that day. Say those three words with me. On that day. Well, king's on the move. Amen. For weeks and months, Haman has been working against Mordecai and the Jews and Esther. And now God has moved in his heart and he's making and the king's making moves on that day. Did king Ahasuerus give the house of Haman, the Jews, the enemy, unto Esther the queen. Now, don't don't skim through those words and underestimate them. Haman's a pretty wealthy guy, wasn't he? I mean, don't you think the salary to work for the king is probably a hefty one? Don't you think his estate was probably a big one? I mean, if he's got gallows that high at his house, he's got a pretty nice house. Now, now look, at, look at the king and look at God. Turn to the person beside you and say, look at God. All right, now listen. Not only does he kill Haman, but he gives all of Haman's stuff under Esther. Everything he left, not his boys, not his wife, not his family. No, 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 no. All of Haman's estate. The Bible says the house of Haman, his big old mansion that housed the ga- that housed the gallows to hang your uncle, the whole house is yours. Listen, when God moves, he'll not only remove your enemies, but he'll give you their inheritance. The remarkable presentation. Wow. Notice verse number one. And Mordecai came before the king for Esther had told what he was unto her. Not only the remarkable presentation. Notice the revealing privilege. Now she's got the privilege of sharing. Oh, by the way, King, this man that was the target of Haman's animosity was not only the reason you're still alive, he's also my uncle. We've gone from an underground church to a above-ground church, right? where we've got to hide out for our safety. Look, 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 look. You don't have to hide for safety once your threat is eliminated. Amen. The revealing privilege. Esther told what he was on the earth. Look at verse two. And he took, and the king took off his ring. Look at the next statement. Which he had what? Haman had the ring. You know what he's doing with it? A bunch of nonsense. Hey, hey, look, the Bible talks about how the righteous are in trouble when the wicked rule. Hmm? A whole lot of that's happening in America. A whole lot of that's happening in our world. There's a whole lot of foolishness going on. Listen, why is foolishness going on? When fools rule, foolishness goes on. But I'm going to tell you something. When God handles fools, he takes the ring off of fools and gives it to the righteous. You got to hang in there. That's why it's important that you don't join foolishness before God takes the ring off. Because if God takes the ring off and you've already joined foolishness, he doesn't have anybody righteous to put the ring on. There's Esther standing in the lane of righteousness, maintaining her composure as a child of God. Still doing right when someone does her wrong. Say it with me. Still doing right when I'm done wrong. Say it again. Doing right when I'm done wrong. Say it again. Doing right when I'm done wrong. Listen to me. If you're not doing right when you're done wrong, don't hold your finger out to get the ring put on it. You can't get blessed if you're trying to get even. You can't get blessed if you're, but it, no, 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 no. Revenge has nothing to do with what they did to you. It has everything to do with who God is. Now there was resulting promotion and the king took off his ring, which he had taken from Haman and gave it to Mordecai and Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. This is where we're closed tonight. What a promotion. I said, what a promotion. This is a radical promotion. I mean, look, look, look. We were, look, we were pretty tickled over the, the wonderful privilege that Mordecai had had to ride through the town with the king's apparel and Haman had to give it to him and he's riding through town. Listen, that was just a little temporary ride to say I saved the king's life and they looked up the record books and now I'm finally getting recognized for. But this here, this is a whole lot different than just one little day riding through town. This is a promotion for more that puts him where his enemy was. Listen to me, stop trying to tackle somebody and steal their place. Just wait on the Lord, let God move them out of the way. This is, what, this is what they that wait on the Lord shall renew that. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. He will strengthen their heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We've got to know that God is working behind the sin. Quit trying to move people out the way and run people down and, and tell everybody what everybody's doing and expose people. You don't need to do it. God has a way where you won't be caught up in the web of sin trying to correct sinners. Instead, you'll be waiting on a righteous God so that when he corrects them, which only he has the authority to do. You're waiting in line in your place for God to reward you what he took back from them. And only God can do that. Isn't that a blessing? I hope that encourages you where you are. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the heathen. Hey listen, God knows what he's doing. Now everybody here got some enemies. Even if you're living for the devil, you got enemies. If you're living for God, you got enemies. And everybody in here has a plan for God to consider when it comes to destroying them. Can I tell you something? He doesn't need your suggestions. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't need your suggestion. He needs your subjection. Wait on him. Let him be God so that when he does what he does, you're right where you're supposed to be to let him stop them in their path and support you in yours. Our Father, we bless your name. Help us all work in our hearts. Pastor, God's working in my heart all over the building. Would you raise your hand? God's working in my heart. God, would you touch every believer? And do what you do. We bless you, magnify you, and glorify you. In Jesus' name and for his sake. And all God's children said, amen. Let's give God the praise. for